0: So somehow, some way, podcasting has become uh, in vogue. And the book, "The Tipping Point," Malcolm Gladwell, one of my favorite books of all time, talks about the theory of when things become part of the social consciousness. But then, when it becomes the norm. In other words, we were seeing big cell phones in movies in the seventies and eighties, but nobody had a cell phone until the early two thousands or mid two thousands. When did it, the tipping point hit? When did everybody get a cell phone? I remember uh, I started my first podcast back in 2012 and didn't know what it was going to become, but it was a very fun endeavor just sitting on my couch recording into a hand recorder like we're kind of doing right now, so this is full circle. Uh, But this is very fun, and uh, I'm excited for this because I think that there's a lot of good content out there and a lot of good discussion to be had. And so uh, Colter is here. I have been embarking on a sort of partially... Uh, spiritual, partially mental journey through the help of uh, my good friend and mentor, Jerry. And um, we have then decided to have discussions with each other like we normally would, but also record them and present them to you. So uh, I do this professionally as a radio guy, and I've been doing podcasts for a long time, but Jerry, you haven't done a podcast before, so this is, this is fun. This is exciting for you.
1: Very exciting. Yeah, yeah I, as you know, I like to talk about this stuff.
0: I love that you like to talk about it. So the backstory here is that I work at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Our studio used to be right next to Rosar's Grocery Store here in Missoula. And Jerry used to work at Rosar's. And we would uh, always see each other because I was always buying copious amounts of caffeine before (laughs) my show. uh, And oftentimes turkey sandwiches as well. And uh, he would always say, what's up? Like I, I listen to you guys' show on my way home keep up the good work, whatever. Well, then I ran into him on the golf course a couple years later, and we were initially talking about Bruce Walwerk, who was one of the uh, most influential strength and conditioning coaches, fitness minds uh, in in Montana. He was the strength coach for the University of Montana and the football team for a long time. And uh, then that sort of just got us talking. And then all of a sudden I realized Jerry doesn't work at the grocery store anymore. Now he's doing a bunch of uh, in-depth things when it comes to helping both himself and those around him so um i want to start with your story jerry when did you realize that you wanted uh to transition into something new and what about sort of the world of holistic understanding we'll call it mm. uh appealed to you
1: yeah yeah it's a very good question uh <clears throat> so i guess the best uh Probably, obviously, our timelines have different uh, bifurcation points, and uh, this one's pretty nuanced. And so there's there's several of them for me, but probably the most poignant and most uh, most uh, applicable one would be uh, oh, it was probably about two thousand seventeen. And and a little backstory: I I'd, uh, I'd grown up just as an unhealthy person, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the above. And it led me to a place of escapism and just making poor choices. And uh, so, you know, somewhere in my mid-30s, uh, I'd gotten gotten to a place where I was about as miserable as I'd ever been. And I went to a doctor. And uh, I think I was 34. I'm 42 now.
0: So and I'm 34 w- right now. That's a very interesting parallel.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a time where I'd find that odd, but not not these days. Right. So I'm 34 uh, and, um, about 210 pounds at the time. I'm five foot seven, uh, <clears throat> currently about 150. So it's about 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And at the time I was drinking, oh, 35 to 50 beers a week. And, you know, plus a half gallon of, you know, Monarch cheap ass vodka. <laughs> so it was that bad. Um, but obviously just everything was off at that point. So I went to the doctor and really it was like a desperation move. It was, Hey, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to. I'm gonna get the the riot act and I deserve it. I'm going to the principal's office. I'm turning myself in. Right. And so I fill out the questionnaire as honest as you know, as as I can recall in my in my foggy stupor at the time.
0: What do you remember about before that though? Because uh, I feel like even that moment there is honestly something that you can't hide from and shy away from for pretty much anybody. So even just having the moment where you thought that your life was had declined to, to the point where you wanted to seek out help. Yeah, oftentimes unhealthy or hurt or uh, struggling people don't even reach that point. So what even what was the the trigger to that to the actual uh, first moment of reckoning, so to speak?
1: You know, at the time, uh, the only thing I'll give you two answers. So myself then uh, at the time was just pure misery. It was just it was just pure misery. It was almost like it's almost like if this is if this is the best I can do. You know, then I need to intervention. Right. Um, what I know now, as I really believe it was whatever you want to call it—the universe, God—but uh, it was divine. I, I really do believe that. And even if on a just a self-discovery level, uh, what really occurred there was my inner guidance system, my inner navigator, my spirit mm. was saying, "This isn't who you are," and so the identity that I had for myself and that I wanted to realize the ide- ideation that I had for for what I should become or could become, was completely 180 from what I was doing. And so there was this massive signal from my body, which caused me to go into this doctor and he um, basically didn't address any of the glaring concerns. Not once did he ask what my current diet was, what my current lifestyle was, um, how much water I was drinking, how much sleep I was getting, none of the very important uh, questions. So long story short, I walk out of there with zero advice to lose weight, zero advice to slow down on my drinking, zero advice uh, to exercise more, zero advice to monitor my thoughts and and my perspective and and the narratives that I tell about the world I live in.
0: Probably got some prescriptions though.
1: Oh boy, oh boy, uh, you know it was it was really uh, yeah it was eye opening. So did walk out of there with a couple of prescriptions and you know just a real quick note and I'll wrap this up, but. When I dropped, you know, granted, I dropped this off at the pharmacy where I worked at the time, and, and I work with these people every day. I handed them a prescription. I didn't know what the hell it was. Handed him a prescription, he looks at me, and he looks at the prescription, and the look in his eyes, I was like, what is this stuff? Right. So I did some research, and, you know, you know me. So once I discovered the truth, hashtag truth, I was pissed. Uh, from there, it's been a full-blown mission to find the truth. I stumbled across Paul Check. Uh, and his teachings and his guidance has literally changed my life. I enrolled it in this academy as soon as there was an opening and uh, since then i 've just been immersing myself in applying learning, teaching all the principles
0: the The acceptance of actually feeling the the feeling of fear or to actually address that moment i think that 's something where the state of our society right now, it makes it so that you have this moat that you never actually have to cross. You don't ever actually have to believe the signals your body is sending you. You don't ever actually have right. to acknowledge that you are uh, sick or feeling poorly or that you could feel better. Yep. There's a lot of ways that you defy your entire mind, and that that in itself, I feel, uh, is part of the biggest struggle that most people go through. But before we get to any of that, before we yeah. get to a lot of like what could cause somebody for a cry to have a cry for help or what could cause somebody to live in this world where so much of what contributes to your health or lack thereof is a full lie. Before we get to any of that though, you mentioned uh, something divine. And I think that that's something that's important to define in terms of our conversations, your uh, ability to help yourself and help others as well is that, uh, there's very narrow minded views in terms of a divinity a, a divinity a higher power mm. whatever we and you and I have talked about this yep. extensively, not on this podcast, but uh, you and I both have very similar theories in the fact that there is um there is a higher or greater power yes, but that's not necessarily defined by the Christian God or the Muslim God or the Jewish God or any God whatsoever in fact it's something. Far beyond human comprehension. So I think that's important Agreed. for both of us to define: is just the fact that we believe in the energy of the universe, we believe in the um, the power and the pull of the Earth that we live on. But that's not necessarily some dogma of organized no, religion.
1: No, it is not. And <clears throat> I'm glad I'd, we get this opportunity to talk about this in this format because quite often it lacks context when you get in this discussion, you know, out there in the world. Right. And um, it, to be hesitant not to offend people. First thing we got to understand is that when we use words like God, and we use words like spirit and soul, we got to understand that not everybody applies the same meaning to that word. Sure. And I think we get really lost in that in that yeah. in that um, very major um, semantic. Um, and to your point, I guess the very first there's there's two points of emphasis here. So it's like. We could look at our our interpretation of God, divinity, the Creator. We can look at it at that and say, you know there doesn 't necessarily have to be a duality between like an Abrahamic God, sure, because uh, they want to contextualize the entire concept and put it down to something that they can almost focus all their energy onto as far as their love and their worship, what we know is worship, sure, but there really is. The, the giant question that needs to be answered, if that's the case, where does this God, this entity, this divine being, where does it end and where does his creation begin? Sure. Um, and so that ties into, well, of course, it, he doesn't end the, and it's just all the same, right? But there, we can't deny there was a creation event. Sure. There was a creation. And if we look down and, and we chop up what consciousness actually is, it's really tough to argue whether or not that was a conscious creation, right? Because it created an outcome, it created a result. There are laws of the universe, so how is that not conscious, right? right. This affects that. Um, and so from that point, there really is no differentiation between what they would say is the Christian God, the Abrahamic God, and let's say Eastern philosophy. Sure. or Woo-woo. Right. Right? And there is such a protective stance in our views in our Uh, how we term our our spirituality, what it means to us because it's such a personal endeavor we get very protective of that and the ironic thing is the thing that causes the conflict and the divide is the ego which is the antithesis to the spirit and so if we can all get esoteric about this, if we can all get on the same frequency and talk about what is similar about our beliefs as opposed to what is different, the duality the ego induced duality that's where I think we can really make some strides. Well,
0: that's the human brain in a nutshell, right? 100%. that we want to describe and explain everything. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily realistic because there's so many things that have nothing to do with thought. They have everything to do with feel, everything to do with with energy. And that's where we both connect. Regardless of what your uh, background is, your religious background, your spiritual background, I think that the portion that you help people with the most is understanding to not just think and decide but to also feel and the energy of the entire experience is essential and that brings you back to your first rock bottom experience in mm-hmm. the fact that you felt that the energy wasn't right and you you felt okay. that en- the energy it wasn't a thought right it wasn't a analysis of your own self it was a feeling correct and that is uh, an essential part of uh, both healing and being healthy
1: 100 percent, 100 it's all about it's all about the frequency and the vibration that we're that we're that we're writing through life and i particularly have a high idealized image of myself and what i'm capable of and that's just been me since i was a kid like rocky right. balboa is my hero right, right. i love this and, i love uh, it. This, the rocky is, story right and this is a great
0: this is a great side story <laughs> though right you yeah. said that you you came retrospectively as an adult and analyzed sort of your influences as a person and realized. Oh my gosh! So much of this is Rocky, and that's not a. Oh, bad and that was thing, a total right? accident. Right. Yeah, I just
1: watched the movie on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then it all came back. Everything right. came back. All the memories. Um, and so I. Where are we?
0: I'm the I'm I'm Bret Hart. I'm Bret the Hitman. Hart. <laughs> there you go. The best there ever is. The rest there ever was. The best there ever will be. The tactician. I don't have Macho Man muscles. I don't have Cole Cogan bravado. I'm just gonna beat you. In a perfectionist state of mind. That's, there you go. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Anyway, so you were saying, though, that you you circle back around to sort of learning how you were and, and sort of your drive and your feeling and all of that through your influence with Rocky. But it is more about a feeling than anything else, right? I mean, at the very end of the day, that was the impetus for you wanting to figure out a way to help yourself and then in turn help others. Correct, yeah, because
1: if you, if you take a look at what your idealized self is, your realized self, what you're capable of. And and you envision that and you combine that with the emotion and like put yourself there. Like you were there. What's it smell like? What's it feel like? Mm-hmm. Who are the people in your life at this point? Who texted you today? Like you were in that space five years. When you put yourself in that mental space, there is a vibration that occurs that lights up every cell in your body. Now if that is deep down your true idealized self, your subconscious vision of yourself, and you are living completely 180 of that, the vibration is completely different. It's not even a close match. So if you think about it in terms of music what music does to us is pure frequency right so if you know the difference between a pure note and a sour note right right and if you're listening to um, if you're listening to a certain uh, or maybe maybe a, uh like a, a opera or a stage play where there's a theme to it yep and the music doesn't match what's going on right you can't miss that now to the untrained eye and ear you might not know exactly what it is it's off but you'll just know that doesn't fit right mm-hmm. Right, like certain flavor combinations don't go together. This vibration, these frequencies do not match,
0: but then that brings us to the crossroads of courage because so often when it doesn't match, the society and the world we live in trains us to not acknowledge that, yes, because you just take your medicine and eat it, yep, so that how to suffer for others, exactly. So then, then it is, it still brings me to the same question, though the crossroads of deciding, Here I am this isn't what I want, need, or should be, it's becoming so commonplace to never acknowledge any of that. Right, right. Even all the, there's so many people that might listen to this podcast that do want a solution, that want inspiration, that might uh, need a helping hand or want a different way, but there's also so many people that will never listen to this podcast that Mm -hmm. have no idea how bad their life sucks. Mm -hmm. Right?
1: Yeah, and by their own standards exactly no one else's
0: right yep so then how do you re- reach the courage that because you know I, I obviously reached out to you we're sitting here because i w- wanted your help i also wanted your friendship but also uh it's part of the way that i'm wired to though is to think about these things deeply mm-hmm. and think about these things uh, for wanting more and have the courage to make decisions to help myself change my life all these things so many people don't have that, so how do they find that?
1: How do they find that courage? If
0: it's not force-fed to them, how do they find
1: it? Well, if you've got a rock buried in your backyard, how do you find that rock? Right. What's the first thing you're grabbing?
0: Man, I don't know. A shovel. The shovel, right. The, the shovel. tool. You need the tools. The shovel.
1: Right. Do you know where that rock is? No. But if you know for sure it's there, and you need nothing more in life than that rock, sooner or later you get to the point... Where you can't stop thinking about that shovel mm-hmm. and if people don't get to the point where they admit that to themselves they live in their own shadows and we all do we all do and that's where our area of opportunity is is in our own shadows but if we choose to stay in those shadows and they, we know there are shadows and we actually move our location to stay into the shadow then that is a point where it's not courage right it's not courage that is a point of just being honest with yourself the courage comes when you're honest with yourself it takes a lot of courage to get there as right. well it takes a lot of courage to get there as well but sooner or later that response that sour note that doesn't match the play that's playing out in front of your eyes you can't ignore that you can't ignore that so that's what we call push pull motivators right? right so you got a pull motivator where something is like i really want let's say promotion at work and I'm very clear on what it's going to take to get there. Well, it's easy to be motivated. I know what I want. I know what it's going to take to get there. I can do this. Right? And then you've got, you've got the push motivator. Where it's like, you're getting backed up towards a wall you don't want. And that, like, you're doing everything you can to push yourself away. But you don't quite push hard enough. You get slowly backed into that wall. And eventually, the pull motivator and the push motivator get strong enough to propel you to action. But for everybody, it's 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 entirely different for everybody too and that that's based on your own personal situation your idealized self your self-image and your core drivers
0: We're gonna get back to the state of society here in a little bit okay? <laughs> I do think it's fascinating that we live in a world where so many of the influences are catered towards making it sure that you never even acknowledge that you might not feel a hundred percent hundred we're gonna get back to that yep. but in a minute though but tell me. Continue though about your personal experience because uh, you went to the doctor. You said, "I have these issues. Mm-hmm. I want help with all these things." And they said, "Well, here's some uh, prescription pills, mm-hmm. and uh, see you soon."
1: Pretty much, yeah. It was. It, it, this is. This isn't even a joke. He's like, he's given. You know, he's given me an uh, SSRI, and he's given me uh, a blood pressure medicine, and. Um, and he says, you know, side effect of that SSRI is my delay your ejaculation. So, you know, your wife will like this. This is the joke this man made. <laughs> and I went in there, like, ready to just get the <laughs> sh- shit beat out of me. Right. And so you, can, you know me. You know yeah, me. Yeah. You can imagine how, my, how I reacted right. inside. And, uh, and so in and the blood pressure medicine, you know, uh, test, your, test your levels three times a day. And um, if this medication doesn't, doesn't help, we'll up the dose. You might get a little dehydrated, though, because it's a water pill. Well, there aren't many things more important to your overall health, well-being, including your mental wellness, um, than being hydrated. <laughs> so um, that's where we're at, really.
0: It's amazing because uh, uh, one of the points of rock bottom for me was a very similar experience. Uh, I'm significantly bigger by nature than Jerry, but you know I'm a first-team all-state offensive lineman years ago. But my fighting weight is probably 225 pounds, which is still big at six foot one, whatever. But then I stepped on the scale one day and I was like, I weigh 280 pounds. I got to figure this out. So I go to yeah. the doctor, and there's the exact same thing. You're doing fine. You work out every once in a while. You seem like you have a good job. You're doing all right. You feel a little depressed? Okay, we'll give you some clonopin. Your blood pressure is a little high. We'll give you some blood pressure medication. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I know I need to lose 40 pounds. Why don't you just tell me that?
1: And what was his assessment procedure uh, to determine that on you? And
0: that's what I'm saying. What was it? No, seriously, what was it? What did he do to determine your state of current state? Literally nothing. Like when I saw the blood pressure number, I was like, damn, that's way too high for somebody that's 34 years old. Yeah. And he's like, it's just a little high. We'll give you some medication for that. And then he's like, do you work out? And I was like, yeah, you know, I work out six to eight times a month. And used to work out six to eight times a week. Not the same. How much are you drinking? Uh, you know, drinking way more than most people yeah. I know. <laughs> Enough to get by. <laughs> okay, just, he said he, i will mean, never forget. It. He said cut it he said cut it down to a liter a week. I was like, A liter of liquor a week. Like that's the doctor's advice? Like this is crazy talk. Yeah. Like that's
1: everybody's got a story like this.
0: Everybody Right. I'm sitting here thinking like, man. If I had a friend that was like drinking a liter a week in front of me, I'd be like, bro, let's have a talk. And I'm telling the doctor this. He's like, it's cool. Just cut it down to that. That's where we will start. And I'm like, wow. Obviously, you know, tough situations. We're coming out of a pandemic. I got broken up with. My radio partner left. Whatever. But everybody has their story. That's the whole thing. The whole point of life is adversity, overcoming adversity. But like you were saying, the the, uh, most essential part is finding the tools and that brings us full circle to the fact that and we're not sitting here trying to slander or, or dog on anybody. Not at, at all. At the end of the day, the Western medicine formula is catered to making sure that you uh, have solutions that are based in economy, not solutions that are based in truly finding holistic health. Because if you find holistic health, that's an economic burden on society. And so if everybody was holistically centered... That would make it. That would mean an entire industry would crash. It's yeah. The same reason why we can't. Have yeah, it would be it power. would be beautiful
1: for us because all right. that money that's getting dumped into that exactly. by healthy and vital people would be distributed elsewhere. They'd be distributed for in sure. organic farms. They would be yes. uh, distributed in health clubs. They would be distributed on vacations that cater to active people. So people in their seventies and eighties would now be doing ziplining trips and and whatnot. And people laugh at me, but I've got clients that age, and I'm telling you, people that age. Can enjoy and thrive in life and be athletes. Absolutely. And that is, you know, um, like, I'm to the point now where it's like, yeah, dude, call me a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And it starts with the health industry, it starts it from cradle to grave. Um, if anyone wants to argue that, just look at the results. Yeah. I don't, you, this is not speculation. This is 100% reporting of facts. This sure. is what happens. For you look sure. at, um, you know, well, what, the other
0: thing we got to define yeah. on this podcast is that. Um, it's easy to get pushed into a corner and be categorized as a, a crazy religious person or a crazy conspiracy person yeah whatever this is extreme ways of thinking it's because it's outside of the box of what the machine is feeding you so if that is exactly what you if you are buying into the things we aren't talking about that's the entire issue that we are talking about so yep. when you when we say like uh, you can call me a full-on conspiracy theorist, it's not a conspiracy. The conspiracy right. is the world that you're living in. J- and again, we don't want to bring this all the way down to making it some sort of outrageous thing. But at the end of the day, there is an economy to literally everything that happens in America. Yeah. And there are so many problems that we have in America that we literally cannot solve because it will cause an economic downfall. Right. You can't make marijuana federally illegal because that will free millions of prisoners mm-hmm. that Contribute to the the economy of incarceration. Yep, you can't make fully electric cars across the board because the oil industry will crash It's the exact same thing as you cannot sell people holistic health because if every American was holistically healthy While that would be a great benefit to the economy at large It would cause certain elements of the economy food like products mass production distribution sugar to just completely erode
1: all the way to consumer Exactly. Yep Yep, when it all boils down to consumption and consuming. The thing about healing things at the root cause is, is, is you heal it. And so the consumption of your services, your expertise, your offerings, expires at some point. Exactly. Because the people I work with, my goal is within a year max, you and I are friends. Like, you don't need me anymore. Right. Because I've taught you everything you need. And we've we've put it in at a pace... And at a schedule that is that is for you and you know doable by you. So at the end of the year, you don't need me. But not only do you do you not need me? I'm hoping you don't need the chiropractor. I'm hoping you don't need the physical right. therapist. I'm hoping you don't need to go see the doctor. Uh, um, uh, I'm hoping that you're not going to ever have to go in and get open heart surgery. Think about how many millions of dollars one year of self discovery, self realization, self mastery in the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body can cause all those industries just in one person. That person that's not going to get cancer drugs, that person that's not going to have a stint put in their heart, that person that's not going to have two doctor visits a week because they're going to be busy at their summer home in Arizona because they've worked their ass off to build a retirement so they can have a nest egg and they're healthy enough to enjoy it. Those people aren't making anybody money except the golf courses and the travel industry.
0: That's right. And that's which exact- is
1: where the damn money needs to go <laughs> and,
0: and, and that's exactly it when you're
1: that age that's where your money needs to be
0: so that you can enjoy it but that's yeah. that I, I think that, that uh, blind faith is a, a hard thing to reconcile because I think it's lost on some of you and again we're not trying to sit here and dog on people that have money um, PhDs in medicine because these people are brilliant. They've worked very hard to do it. Yeah, they're but masters. they the end, wizards. At the end of the day, though, it is still practicing medicine. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yeah, they, it's they part were, of a system. They, I, I remember uh, one of my uh, favorite characters that I covered during my sports writing career was a kid named Aaron Barnett. And he was a uh, former five-star recruit from uh, Dallas, Texas who played at University of Texas. Then he came to play with some of his old high school buddies up at Montana State. He was a good player for the Bobcats. Uh, and then about a year after he graduated, he he suffered a couple of bouts of pancreatitis, and they ended up dying in the hospital at Bozeman. Wow. Uh, well, his family just won a $2 million lawsuit. Again, this is not to throw flames on any sort of fire or demean anybody. But the hospital care, while he's suffering a bout of pancreatitis, Gave him nothing but morphine and Dilaudid rather than antibiotics and hydration. And mm. he died from a drug overdose. Medical and injury. He had cardiac arrest because of too much.
1: It's a fourth leading opulence. cause of death, I think. I think. Third or fourth leading cause of death.
0: But if he didn't have a family that researched that stuff, they would just say, oh, he just died from the pancreatitis that he went to the hospital for. And again, I'm not trying to justify him as some sort of angel. He had obviously uh, spent a lot of time. Copiously drinking to get himself to the point right. of more Yep. What All I'm saying is that, like, at the end of the day, there is nothing in the world, period, that is gospel. There is a lot of risk when it comes to everything. So all I'm saying is that one of the keys to this healing process is to acknowledge that everything is not perfect, particularly and specifically the medical industry and the place where you buy your food. That's exactly yep. what we're talking
1: yep. about. Yep, and we can, we can no longer blame them. I mean, I, I will... I will throw shade at them, you know, in, in any area they deserve it. Because, quite honestly, for me, it's personal. Not only for myself, but for the people that I, that I work with. Because every single one of them has gone through stories similar to mine. Um, and so that's, I mean, I, I, will never, I will never back down from that. Um, but yeah, it's systemic. We've got to stop blaming them because at some point, we just got to be honest with ourselves. We right. can't keep going to the doctor. And saying and getting bull bullshit. Bullshit right. from the doctor. Right. And because he's sitting there in a in a in a lab coat and you know, he's got PhD, M D behind his name, you're gonna say, huh, even though that doesn't make sense, it doesn't pass a sniff test, okay. Right. We gotta stop that. We just gotta stop that. Whatever got you in this situation, you do the opposite and you will get out of it.
0: Well, and you're, so take me back to your memory then because at the end of the day, regardless of what you were telling the doctor, regardless of how you were self-diagnosing, regardless of what his yep. diagnosis was, you knew what you knew to be true. And then when he told you what he told you, it defied that, but that also did spark something within yourself, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I don't think, I mean, for a guy as stubborn as me, like it, t- it took a catalyst like that. Right. <laughs> propel right and then it it led to why is this such a strong calling in me why you know that just started asking that question why 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 and then you got every time you got an answer you get another question but it all boils down to you know the self-mastery process and the self-realization and that that became the relentless pursuit for what I felt my true purpose was and what I what I found to be true Um, and it's like there's no other there's no other thing that I could think of that there's more suited for my life story, my life history, what I'm passionate about, what I'm good at. Um, everything just fits into this, and it, it was no accident. I mean, I, dude, I was making, you know, freaking 100 grand plus a year right? managing a grocery store. Right. A good one, too. A good one. It was yeah. thriving, um, and like three years ago, I just made a decision, you know, I mean, my wife will tell you, I, I, I signed up for my first, my first holistic lifestyle coaching yeah. class, and I took that thing online, and I was so, like, afterwards, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a certified holistic lifestyle coach, you know, through the Czech Institute. And it was, like, so cool. My, my wife's in the kitchen. That's nice, dear. What the hell are you going to do with that shit? <laughs> and exact words, exact words. And I looked at her, and I go, I have no idea, but I know I just can't turn away from this, and we just got to let it happen organically. That is true intuition. That is true, that, is, right. that is true soul message talking to you. So trust your intuition. Trust your intuition, but learn to discern as well. You know, there's, it's, a fi- it's a fine line, right? Um, you can't just delve into the subconscious work without knowing what you're dealing with. You're playing with fire. You can't just delve into the intuitive work without fully knowing the voices of your ego and your spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, who's saying what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even people that, that are heavily proficient in that practice stumble up on it, because that ego is just beautiful at, mas- at masking itself as the spirit. And you know, it just gets its way, it just gets its way. So yeah, it's 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 a beautiful process.
0: Plug it, tell people because this is our first break. We have no sponsors yet. Uh, this is just a conversation between the two of us. But plug it, tell people where they can find you, where they can find more information in from you.
1: Yeah, you can find me at uh, biohackingtruth.com. You can you can uh, reach out to me. Uh, uh, personally by email jerry at com. but yeah you can check out our website it's nothing fancy uh but at least on that there's a way to contact us you can download our free guide on there too uh it's uh it's it's something that took me quite a long time and you know quite honestly to be able to distill it down to where i can show everybody what we have to offer but not overwhelm people so you know it's a great guide it takes takes you through our five pillars of wellness and each one of those areas has a video description and a little exercise for you to do and, and the point of it is for you to find out exactly which one is like the most difficult for you to do and then spend your time focusing on that and then get yourself just that much more in balance and more in alignment and uh, obviously you can follow me on all the social media you know I'm on, on biohacking truth uh, on instagram and tiktok and youtube and uh just Jerry Kuykendall is my name on uh, Facebook.
0: College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Colter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. This is like back to the roots for me. I've been doing radio for four years, but uh, never really considered myself a radio guy. And uh, been podcasting forever, and, and the podcast format used to be so much more casual for me. But now I I think I need to do my ins and outs and my sponsors and all that stuff. But no, that's not how it goes. So uh, I love the free form. The, I love the conversation. But we're talking about just the freedom of. Or I, or I guess the, 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 the release of your own freedom, the acknowledgement to yourself. And I think that when we break down all the ills of society, no matter what they might be, I think that the the lack of self-awareness, the lack of self-actualization is probably the number one factor that holds us back. Mm-hmm. That le- Every single thing that stems from that, it leads to you being unhealthy, it leads to you being excessive, it leads to you being depressed, mm-hmm. Whatever. But if you can actually self-actualize your place, what do you mean to yourself? What do you mean to your wife? What do you mean to your children? What do you mean to your mother? And you can self-actualize yourself to yourself, too. Then you can acknowledge maybe things aren't going as good. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, I think, that is the, the impetus of all of this. The, 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 way that, the number one way that you can help people, I was telling somebody this the other day when uh, we were talking sort of broadly, about, uh, me and this person were talking broadly about some of the work that you and I have been doing together and the, the blunt nature of, of the honesty the, this isn't good enough, do better. And, or this, this entity in your life is not good enough. Yeah. Do better. Right. Right. Let's, 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 let's let's ask yourself for a second. You and I were talking about food the other day. Yeah. Organically sourced food or, or locally sourced food more importantly. Yeah. First, first and foremost, get it there. Yep. You, you think, okay, I'm at the grocery store, I'm a, I'm a family man, I got multiple kids, I'm living on a budget, mm-hmm. I can buy this ground beef or this chicken, it might be a dollar or two more yeah. per pound for the better chicken. Yep. But then if we were to sit here and, di- and dissect why it's better to spend the two to extra dollars in terms of your long-term budgeting, your long-term wealth, your long-term health, even if you're, if you're not even prioritizing your health, if you're prioritizing your wealth and your bankroll and all of it, it's still better for you long term. But not to get into the specifics of it, I just feel like there's this uh, narrative in society where if you believe in the actual science, the actual facts of the matter, yeah. you're scorned because of the way that they want us to think mm-hmm. is completely opposite from that. So I guess the point is that Learning to think for yourself. It goes all the way back to the Outwitting the Devil book that you sent me that yes. I've just been voraciously listening to. Yes, great this, one. This book was uh, written in 1938. was not uh, released until 2011. And it's a three-and-a-half-hour read to listen to it on YouTube. You can go find it right now. But the whole thesis is that as soon as you drift and do not have unique mm-hmm. and original thoughts yourself, then the devil owns you. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or the devil. It's the symbolism of good and evil, the dichotomy of good and yeah, evil. That's, the light that's, and the dark. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's an undeniable portion of our lives no matter what. If you have no le- religious beliefs whatsoever, the, the the balance between good and evil, are are it's absolute. It's absolutely absolute. But that's the whole thing. Is, yeah. and, and that, and that it brought me all the way back to all of this. So I, I just think I find it fascinating that there's like this shame attached to wanting to find true knowledge, but there's also the shame attached to maybe wanting to find introspection and self-revelation, and I think that that's where uh, so many people have this obstacle. They don't know their lives could be better because they don't want to know about themselves.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, one of the hardest questions that we can ask ourselves is, who am I? Right. Because... How does that
0: align with who I want to be? Yep. And,
1: and and what does that mean? On what level? Who am I? Right. Um yes, so if we aren't in touch with who we truly are, we can't be in touch, we can't be confident that whatever we present to the world is who we are. We can't do that. So we walk around and, and so this this self uh this self acceptance and this self validation isn't there. And you know, a healthy validation system is 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 a good balance of, of internal and external validation, right? Because you can't believe everything everybody tells you, but you can't just shrug off the reactions of society to your behavior. Right. So when you don't know who you truly are, you can't show up to the world in a confident manner. And if you don't do that, there is not this internal validation. So um, there is this, this high uh, imbalance of external validation. And you look at who, who are the most uh, wealthy people in the world, in general, right? Besides the elite wealth, but like sure. we're talking like pro athletes, entertainers, sure. um, and that's what we. And they're all doing the same. People with true confidence. True confidence. That know they're, what they're good at, and they can yeah, accentuate yeah. Their,
0: their greatness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, so you look like a Tom Brady. He embodies that. He embodies that. But then you sure. look at Cardi B. Okay, and so you've got a young girl. I got a daughter who's twelve years old, and I just it gives me like the. The heebie-jeebies to think about her looking at someone like Cardi B and thinking, I want to be like her. Right. Because Cardi B is the, or someone like her, is the is the perfect example on steroids of someone who doesn't have an internal validation system. They've gone to that point to where they're going to go up there, dress like Satan, and do whatever the hell she does yeah, on stage understand. to get this validation. Now we could go next level and go, well, you know, there's a story behind that. Okay, we won't go too deep into that, but okay, sure. so there's another story behind that, right? She's not doing that for, you know, for attention. She's doing it because she's told to by whatever. Right. Again, why do you need validation from those people? And so this is our society. And this So is are you accentuating,
0: basically, it's the basic premise is, are you accentuating your gifts, or are you doing something that anyone could do, just at a higher level, for the validation of right. people that are using you
1: correct yeah so her, her example would be her gift would be performing I don't know who creates her music but let's just give her the credit that she creates her own songs sure so maybe she her gift is creativity and her gift is performing and her gift is singing but what she's exploiting is what's marketable about her exactly and so there's a huge difference between sharing your gift with the world and exploring your marketability and if we are striving to be like people who only exploit their marketability guess what we end up empty broken and I think that's pretty accurate description of, of where we are as a, a zeitgeist of our times. Um, and again, that's a subjective stance, so I can't prove it. Sure. But you look what, at 2020, and whole, holy cow, look at the state of... You can, I'm sure you and I could sh- swap stories about our ten best friends and, see, and their story right now after the last few
0: uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, but it, th- this is where the tangible measurements come into play in what... Sheen wants to feed you. I think that you could play a man on the street game, where uh, a high majority of people would know who Cardi B was, or would know who a variety of famous entertainers were. Heard the name, uh, or or famous athletes uh, who won the Nobel Peace Prize last year. I don't know. Do you? No. Who won the Pulitzer Prize for top? I'm a, I'm a, I'm an award winning journalist myself. I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, who is the? Um, Secretary of Education, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. you don't know, you don't know, but no, you, you, don't de- know. you definitely know that, like, Kylie Jenner is dating Devin Booker, right? <laughs> and that's that's like part of it, you know. And I don't even want to know that, and that's what you know. Yep. And that's all part of the dumbing down of society, which is then all part of the uh, lack of connection to yourself and the lack of the courage to go seek help. Correct. Correct. Or, or to know that life could be better. And that, that's, that's the part that I really struggle with the most is just the, the narrative of America. And again, we don't want to go down all the way down the rabbit hole because there's certain elements of the place that we live. So I'll tell, I'll tell an anecdotal story. I went to Indianapolis, Indiana for the uh, NCAA tournament um, in March. First real big-time sporting event I was able to go to during the pandemic. Uh, it was the first time that COVID h- hooked us up in any way, because there's only one quarter capacity allowed in all the stadiums. I couldn't get any media passes, because each team got to deem three media people that could go. And so, Eastern Washington was our closest connection. I run a multimedia website that covers the Big Sky Conference. But, obviously, the two Spokane news stations and the Spokane paper, they get to go. So, I, I went and covered Eastern Washington. Their coach was cool. He gave me tickets, so I didn't have to pay for it or whatever. But, you know, that was the only drawback. But, other than that, you... You, know, you don't have the Rockets sold-out arena, but I'm there on a journalism assignment anyway, so I'm sitting front row every game. I'm sitting, you know, you want to get a pretzel? Great. You want to get a beer? Great. You want to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Great. It's yeah. all good. But the point is that the second night I was there, I we was there for five nights. Uh, our, our ride home was from this uh, gentleman named H- Hussein, and he was from Somalia. And uh, as we were getting dropped off, he said, hey, you guys gonna be here for a while? I said, yeah, we're gonna be here through the rest of the end of the tournament. He said, hey, take my personal phone number. He's like, let's not screw around with the the app and the the ordering of the car. He's said, I'll I'll just hook you guys up. And I was like, okay. Well, I was like, I'm not gonna pay you up front yet. I need you to show up and and be here for for us. But yeah. <laughs> once you show up a few times, then you know I'm happy to make the deal. Make right. And he was yeah. like, okay, how many rides a year do you need? I said, I'd probably ten to twelve. He said, okay, great. Let's go. Two hundred fifty bucks cash. Call it good. I was like, "That's great. You're going to save me like two hundred fifty dollars, yeah. and you're going to be waiting for me because we have this whole opus. We were trying to go to uh, fifteen games in four days, so we needed somebody right like there right Tight away. Schedule. You know, you can't be doing the Uber <clears throat> thing, right? Whatever. Uh, and so then I spent probably cumulatively five to six hours in this car with Hussein driving all around. And uh, this is all to say that uh, even if we are sitting here. Um, Analyzing and scrutinizing the state of American society and the state of America in general, uh, I thought he gave me such great perspective because this guy has his uh, master's degree in business uh, marketing, put himself through school, moved to America from from Somalia, yeah, and he is the uh, head of outside sales for the Home Depot in Indianapolis. Wow, he still drives an Uber. Yeah, and I asked him. I said, "What, what do you? Why do you?" drive a car what are you what are you driving an Uber for he said you Americans think you only need to work forty hours a week he said you can fully work your allotted time for your one company you can have a side gig yeah but you can still give back to yourself your wife your family yep. your kids and everything if you just know how to empower yourself and that's what I'm getting at is you like could have a motor baby but he basically said though this couldn't happen in very many places besides America yep car. And America is still the greatest country in the it world. It is, absolutely. in so many different ways. Absolutely. I just feel that so many that that all of the all of the noise is weighing us down. I, I, what I'm saying is, this is not an anti-American narrative. It's actually a positively American narrative. Oh, dude, narrative. yeah. We just need to figure out a way to get back to feeling the things that we need to feel.
1: Oh yeah, I, like I've, I'm not afraid to call myself a patriot. For um, sure. And you know, quite honestly, it's like if there's something going on in your own family and you can't call it out right then you're not really a part of the family are you that's right and so that's what we're doing we're calling out our family here right and uh, I'm not apart from the crowd you know these these symptoms and these manifestations that we discussed uh, like I'm just talking about my former self here exactly my current self as well like you know we're all on on the journey somewhere Um, but the fact of the matter is like you hit the nail you hit the nail on the head like it's hard to find a more motivating life story than any immigrant that has come here, right. gone through the process, gone through a, um, you know the citizenship naturalization ceremony, and has done something like this gentleman you're talking about because it is it just boom it puts it in bright lights. This is what is possible for any of you that choose to reach exactly. for that fruit. Exactly. This some bitch did this, and right. he spent the first twenty five years of his right. life, you know, under who knows what kind of leadership and dictatorship. Exactly. And, you know, quite honestly, you know, well, uh, through personal conversations that I tend to be a polarizing individual, and it's not that I think I'm always right or that that my opinion's all that matters. In fact, it's it, it, it's quite the opposite. I love a good discussion, For sure. know, a disagreement. Um, but it's really just like either either you're at a point where you can look yourself in the mirror, and you can either say, "Dude, you're living on track," or you're not. And then the next thing you can say after that question, and the answer to that question, is an affirmative statement of, I'm going to do this about it. Yes. And fucking mean it. Right. Right? Until you get to that point, there is no hope for you. And, and that is not an apocalyptic statement, because I think everybody gets to that point. you sure. Don't get to that point when you're laying on the and floor in Walmart, they're Walmart they're waiting right. for the EMTs to take you in to get your heart stinted. Exactly. And so that's what, you know, that's my whole style. That's my personality is, is hey, yeah, I am polarizing. You might hate me. Um, you might hate my, my, like, addiction to the truth. Sorry. That's just the way I show up. That's the way I show up for life. That's the way I show up for my communications. Um, and, you know, it might take you a little while of, of listening to some of my conversations to, to warm up to me. But I think it's necessary. Because you've got to take this gentleman, your Uber, Uber driver, mm-hmm. and he probably treated you like gold. For sure. Right, and
0: this mofo. Well, also challenging you the whole time,
1: the whole damn time. Right. And, and this mofo probably, like, by the time he saw you, he's already, you know, maybe had a workout for the day. He's got yeah. his worked his first job. He's yeah. kissed the wife. Yeah. He's had dinner with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably checked in on their homework. He's probably done all that just for sure. because he he sounds like a put together guy. He's not sure. forced into the situation. And you look at that guy, and then you look at your situation, going, "Okay, what am I doing? What am I doing?" That doesn't mean I need to keep up with this guy. Mm-hmm. But he saw his potential as X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, and he's doing X, Y, Z, fill in the blank to meet it. Am I doing the same thing?
0: And just never allowing yourself to drift. Correct. And I think that that comes full circle, but also then there's the, this is the inevitable concept of humanity that I've thought about, which is uh, your greatest strengths, your greatest weakness, and the greatest benefits you have in your life are also going to be the greatest detriments that's the point we've gotten to in the last 30 years in America is that we've created a society where survival is inevitable. Therefore, it takes away the entire primal instinct of being alive. Right. And it lets you drift so hard. Right. And where
1: do we get stuck? Isn't that ironic? The way you put that, right?
0: Where do we get stuck? Like Hussein. Survival mode. Hussein had to. uh, Exactly. It's ironic that we're stuck there. Hussein had to truly survive. To not get shot in the head, yep. in the middle of a you want to live until he was twenty two years old. So when he comes here, he's like, "Oh my God, I have to go to a job and then take care of my wife and kid." Like this is great. I'm not hiding under, you know, a ledge trying to not get murdered. Yep. You know, like yep. it's, it's, when the art, of, when the when the the essence of survival is not inevitable, it actually makes you feel more alive. That's been my biggest argument of why humanity has. Degraded and become so morally corrupt over the last fifty years is because we've created a society where survival is inevitable.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know, one one analogy that really, for me, paints a clear picture is, like, honestly, when we're born, it's like being being slowly sucked into a black hole. Like it's inevitable. Right. That you're born heading towards the event horizon, even on a literal level. Right. We're dying from sure. the moment we're born. Right. But when you think about And this is in by no means, like, I'll just, I don't want to use the word, but when you think about first thing you're born and they give you this schedule to go in and start getting medical interventions on a perfectly healthy baby. And that is the start of, of, um, of, of your visits to the doctor and, and your, 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 uh, belief system on being healthy right right and so granted a baby's not going to get any belief systems imparted on them at that point in time but their parents did and it started then Exactly, it started then and then so then it's uh it's they go to the schools and the schools have free breakfast well what's in that breakfast you know oh well it's cornflakes and it's it's nutrient bars and it's cinnamon rolls and it's just a bunch of shit right um and so oh well don't worry you can like you said you can you can eat that because we've got this pill for this and this pill for that and exactly. this pill for this. Meanwhile, you start dying much sooner, but you live longer. Right. So you so you live in this state where you are hanging on to almost uh, irreversible levels of poor vitality
0: mm-hmm. for much longer. Mm-hmm.
1: You're not living. You're not living. At all. Right. But you're also
0: not surviving, and that's the biggest. You're barely, you're barely treading water at that point. You are surviving, but you're not striving to survive. You're not striving. You don't to have survive. to strive to survive because you're going to be alive. Yep. That's yep. where the emptiness comes yep. from.
1: Yep. You'll be, you'll be a living, breathing being for more years statistically than anyone else uh, in prior generations before you. But when you're laying on that bed, what's your legacy? Paint out. That doesn't mean you need to be a war hero. That doesn't need to be professional athlete doesn't mean you need your name and lights but what was your legacy your purpose your greatest potential was it as a parent was it as a CEO uh, and the funny ironic part is is like it generally that type of question anything about legacy is related into career sure career legacy but right. really career it should just enrich your overall legacy like right. if you can say dude I went in there and I maxed it out right I I retired with millions in the bank and the whole time I was doing something I absolutely fucking loved. I never worked more than I ever needed to
0: yeah. or
1: wanted to. Yep. And I got to help a whole bunch of people and whatever, fill in the blank. Like if you're a roofer, if you are if you pour concrete, um, if people. you own a nursery, like whatever it is, right? If you're just a good friend, man. Absolutely. Did I provide value, right? And is that in line with my true purpose? Like really, like it's that simple. It's that fucking simple. You think people would be working... Uh, uh, climbing cell phone towers, working sixty hours a week, making—and this is nothing against anybody doing this career, sure. right? This is not what I'm saying. But if that is what gets you off, if that is what floats your boat, if that's what knocks your rocks, then fucking a. But out of all those people that are doing it, what is the percentage that are really exactly. doing that? And and you can apply that to any given field. I just name that as a you know for the sure in mind. But let's say that guy's making seventy grand a year right that's handcuff money right that's handcuff money when you get your stuff together you get squared away and you find out what your true marketable talents are right and you follow that and you have the balls to do that and this is extreme on the self-realization self-mastery scale but everybody's capable of that and you do you think about if you're worth to that to that guy climbing cell phone towers what are you worth to the entire world doing what it is that you are best at and you love to do exactly that is the nuance, that's the level, that's the goal. We gotta pick the shovel. Get down to that level, guys.
0: Right. Yeah. You can do what you what what it doesn't matter what you do. If you do it first out of passion and or love, mm-hmm. then then it, that is rewarding. If yeah. you're doing it for money Yeah, and as long as I it's your passion wanna
1: explore it. As long as it's your passion. Your reward is your fulfillment because you're fulfilling your own legacy, living your own core values. Perfect. Perfect. Where we get stuck is, right? My mom's been saying I need to be a lawyer since I was 12 years old. I need to be a doctor. I need to be this. I need to be that. Right? What are you doing that for, Johnny? You know, Mom, I want to be an entrepreneur. Right? You know the stats on entrepreneur? Yeah, because they all got moms like
0: you. (laughs) That's right. You know? I think about it with accountants all the time, man. 'Cause I know a bunch of people that got CPAs in college, University of Montana's great business school, great CPA program, that just go in there and count beans and punch the clock and you know, climb the way up the corporate ladder and they're making good money, one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. grand plus a year. Yeah. They don't like a second of it. There's right. no fulfillment to right. it whatsoever. But then my accountant, whose name shall not be mentioned in the in this moment, but <laughs> if he ever hears this, the best accountant in the world. But he loves it, dude. Yeah. He, like, geeks out over yeah. it. Yeah. But he also, that also makes it so that he doesn't have to do, like, 85 hours a week during tax season, because he's such a, f- he's doing dude. it all year. He loves it so much that he's just, like, blah, 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 and just, like, does yep. it, you know? Yep. And, like, it's never a crazy stressful time, because he's like, oh, it's tax season, great, I'm Oh, yeah. Because he's just a computer, and he just uh-huh. loves it, and. And then he gets to have two months off to play golf every single yep. day, and he's—it's all everything about it is great for him. It's horses for courses, right? Right. So if you just find your passion, right? Find your passion. That's, it, your that's why I have so much respect for you. That's why your story is so great because you had a great job, you have a family, you have young children, and you walked away from it with which was a huge risk. And I wouldn't suggest anybody doing that unless you have a—it's a pivot plan. plan. Yeah, this is part but a pivot but, plan. But but you you found something you're passionate about, you are helping people. That helps improve the universe as a whole. It's fulfillment, yeah. The more whole, pe- the more whole entities <laughs> there
1: are on this planet in this universe, the more complete everything is, right? We can enrich each other. When our cup is full, we can we can pour into others' glass, right? That's such. We're a all walking fit. around pouring from an empty pitcher, pouring from an empty pitcher, or we got an empty pitcher, and you know maybe we go we go go get a spa treatment, or maybe we go fishing if you're a guy, whatever whatever the hell. Yeah, you do something to decompress, but let's say you got this pitcher and that pitcher holds a gallon of water, and you go decompress and you put another quart in there. Well, you know what happens as soon as you get anything in that, then everybody's got their cup out, and instead of going, you know, my pitcher's not full, I'll get back to y'all when I got some something to, something to put in your glass. We don't do that. We just keep pouring, and and it becomes this everybody else game, right? And everybody, it, it, and everybody's playing this 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 virtue signal, right. And that's come on, what it is like? It gets to the point, you know, you know, some of the most simple self-discovery exercises. Depending on what your current resistances are, to what is, some of those are just like they make you cold sweat. They make you like get a panic, atti- like a panic response, yeah. right? And that's just because that is the that's where the real work is. It's right. no, it's there's, it's no mystery why you know uh, nobody in America really meditates right it's not a right, thing right, <laughs> like, right. you know um, even though it's like the benefits for are clearly marked sure so that's where the, that's where the work happens uh, and, and it's so that ties into okay so what is it that you're resisting right you know this is going to help you you know this is going to work to some extent right so it's just so much deeper than that it's so much deeper than that well I don't want to take a step to improve this well why not because you don't want I've always been been. this way. Yeah. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. I've always been this way. Yeah. Yep.
0: We are debating the title of this podcast, Better Than the Truth is Good. I think Beyond the Truth is even better. If by chance you listen to this, by the time you listen to the next one, hit Jerry up on Facebook and uh, give us suggestions. But as of now, we're going to call it Beyond the Truth because I think that's a very good name. And, uh, This was a very fun first episode, but we have a lot of different things to get to. I hope this was entertaining and enlightening for everybody, but uh, we'll continue to do this because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's winning. We're having intellectual conversations that are also therapeutic for me. And so uh, and me. uh, Good, and that's a good thing, so keep on listening uh, and give us suggestions. Beyond the truth, that's as good as we got, but we're willing to listen. This is all about... uh, being open, self-discovery, like we're talking about. Right. Don't be scared of yourself. That's the number one point of this first episode. Do not be scared of yourself.
1: Do not be scared, and don't don't be, don't be afraid to get to know yourself. Don't be afraid to get to know yourself, because how you show up, how you show up in life or everything that you do is highly dependent upon the confidence that you have walking around that what you're delivering to the world is
0: truly you. And if you aren't scared to know yourself, then you're not scared to tell the truth of yourself. If you are scared to Tell the truth to yourself, you're going to lie to everybody else, too. Yep. That will make you feel exponentially worse. Look in the mirror. Tell the truth to yourself. We're going to do this again soon. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Paul. Oh, it's best. It's most- Do
1: you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication?
0: Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuwana's bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a
1: new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a
0: family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com.
1: Skyline Sports, every day, every season.